welcome to Ask a Belly Dancer, a podcast for belly dancers by a belly dancer. Welcome, my name is Kat. I am a local performer, producer, dance studio owner, um, lizard owner, general person of all things. Uh, in Tacoma, Washington. If you don't know where that is, that is just south of Seattle, Washington, which I'm sure y'all are familiar with. I used to run a podcast called Shut Up and Shimmy Podcast. It was a great time. I so enjoyed the interviews I got to do, um, but I just found a lack of passion doing that. I put the podcast on hold for quite some time and said I'd come back to it when I found something that really, to Marie Kondo, this sparked joy. Uh, and this is something that I wanted to do. So welcome on the journey, on the second half of my podcasting journey. Uh, it's exciting to be here by myself in my office, like you do. <laughs> so the purpose of this podcast is to answer questions that you have for not only just a belly dancer, but possibly others out there um, that might help or encourage your journey or you know, just really guide you along. Because us as a belly dance community work better when together and not apart. So here I am. You can email us uh, at any time at askabellydancer at gmail.com. That's askabellydancer at gmail.com. I love questions. I like silly questions. I like awful emails. Uh, just send anything, really. <laughs> you can send multiple questions, whatever gets your... Uh, gets your spark going. I'm, I am fine with that. All right, let's go ahead and start with, uh, our first question today to really test out how this podcast works. And we've got a wonderful question, um, that is, states right before, hopefully my truth will help someone else too. And that is, that is the truth if there ever was some truth. So here we go. All right. This person says, any tips for dancers with anxiety? I'm a hobbyist dancer. I love this art, but performing on stage, in class, or even during practice, I find myself stressed, judging my abilities, etc. It sucks all the joy out of belly dance and stunts my passion to further my education or perform in public. Thoughts? Boy, boy howdy, do I feel this uh, probably just as hard as some of our listeners at home. Uh, there's a couple factors here that I think are really interesting that you point out is that, you know, not only are when performing, but even just during personal practice, you're really finding that anxiety and letting it dictate your every day. And that's so hard to deal with. Um, I can say that my, I myself am generally a fairly confident person, but I wasn't always that way. Um, it took a long time for me to really step out of my own box and just be okay with failure. A lot of it too really came through realizing that no one cared. <laughs> and I say that in the nicest way, but imagine yourself, you're sitting in a class, you're maybe in there with anywhere from four to 20 people, it doesn't matter. And you're working on a technique and it's just not hitting with you. No one around you is thinking about how you're moving. If they are, they're an asshat, but honestly, no one is, you know, and I truly experienced this in a workshop 
God, it was six or seven years ago where I was in a workshop that was not my dance style and I was incredibly uncomfortable and I felt uncomfortable. I looked around and I, you know, I could see that I'm struggling because I just didn't have the vocabulary that everybody else had and, and I didn't know what I was doing. And as I'm peering around, I realized that no one is looking at me. <laughs> They're actually so focused on the teacher or looking at themselves in the mirror that they didn't even notice that I was looking at them. So I guess my point is, is it's realizing for me personally that no one cares uh, is what really helped me along my process. When you realize that no one cares, it really puts a different taste into what you put out, put out there. Because if you're constantly putting out what is your best at that second, then you're doing the best you can. There's no better that you can do, right? If you are at that day doing the best performance you can, the best practice you can, then that's good enough, you know, and that should be really good enough for anybody. And worrying about what others are thinking is just not going to help that process. It's only going to hinder you. I know that's a lot easier said than done saying, you know, just get over it. <laughs> but it really is that, you know, it's, it's the truth for a lot of people. Another great tip that I actually picked up from Kamra of Chicago, uh, if you don't know, uh, Kamra of Chicago is an excellent male belly dancer who um, really just is incredible at characters uh, and performing. He's part of a group called Rocks Geek, and they put on nerdy-themed uh, dance shows, and it's really incredible. And Kamra's able to embody just so many different types of people, and watching him is just, it's insane. So he came and, and recently did a workshop for us where he described making a character. And what he did is what he, he basically imagined that he was a different person. So let's say, for example, he wants to uh, kind of appear more, more powerful. Okay. So he's going to create a character. Like, let's say, for example, a rock star, right? Rockstar is very powerful, powerful and has a lot of charisma. So now take the same combination that you were doing before and pretend you're a rock star. How does that change things? And what this did for the whole room, uh, including myself, is really just take you out of your own headspace and put you somewhere else. And I think that was awesome and wonderful. So in short, get, get over it. No, <laughs> that's, that's not what I mean. Uh, so in short, it really depends on you, you know, and and how you're going to let other people affect you and what you can do to kind of jump around the hoops in your head. Uh, I want to leave off this particular section with one of my favorite quotes slash speeches of all time. I like it so much that it's actually tattooed on my body. <laughs> um, it is called The Man in the Arena. It's very short, so let me humor you for a moment. It is uh, by Teddy Roosevelt, uh, which... I feel like you should be familiar with, but if you're not, you got some Googling to do. <laughs> All right, the man in the arena. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. 
but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I feel like I've very briefly <laughs> dealt with that issue, so I would like to move on to our next question of the day. All right, so let's move on to another question uh, to kind of change pace things on things a little bit. Again, you can always email us at askabellydancer at gmail.com. That's askabellydancer at gmail.com. And you might hear your question on the podcast. Depends on uh, if I like it. <laughs> this is my show. I'm allowed. All right. This question says, hi, Kat. Uh, help. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, I just got contacted for my first gig, and I'm terrified. What do I do next? Thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, I love this. Uh, I would love to start off this question by saying uh, congratulations on your first gig. The first gig is always one of the more scary gigs. Uh, my first gig uh, was in the middle of nowhere town. <laughs> I had gotten hired to perform for a birthday party, and I absolutely was terrified. Uh, I didn't know how to act. I, w I reached out to my mentor at the time, and I, I was just a mess. Uh, so many things I wish I could have known beforehand. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're reaching out and asking. So if you have gotten to that point where you finally have gotten your first gig, uh, you, I, I'm hoping you've done some steps ahead of time and you have a professional costume. You can perform a professional set. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you've done these things by now, which is, which is great. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter the style, just that you are able to put on and show a professional show. Few things <laughs> that I would have loved to know about my first gig uh, that come to mind really are more in the preparation than the actual performance. And when I say preparation, I mean expectations and how you conduct yourself ahead of time. So with any performance, I highly recommend getting some sort of contract, even if it's some sort of written contract in the email, uh, a verbal understanding of your expectations and their expectations. By defining what their expectations are, you'll get a better idea of how, what type of performance you're supposed to do and really avoid situations where they thought you were going to do a different style of performing. <laughs> It happens less and less nowadays, but you still get contacted uh, asking for, you know, those kind of performances. The way I've prefaced that is by literally asking the customer, what do you expect from my performance? This either puts them at a stopping point where they realize that I'm actually a, a professional who is going to provide them some sort of specific service or... Um, just help define what they're looking for. So for example, maybe they want a more modern set. Maybe they have specific music that you would like to, they would like you to use. Maybe they really wanted you to dance with the, the, the most important person, the VIP, right? Uh, or the birthday person, whoever that is. This is going to keep yourself safe 
uh, yourself prepared and make you look really, really good. Um, so just defining those expectations with a question, with a contract, that way you can really keep yourself safe. One of the other big things that I really wish I had known uh, was to pack specifically. So say you get to a venue, you've brought your beautiful costume, maybe you've come already dressed, it depends again on those expectations that you set, and you realize that it is just muddy and gross, or maybe it's grass, and you have brought your white costume. <laughs> it might not be the time to use that. So having a backup, having ways that you can be flexible, um, maybe you have a rolling speaker you can bring through because their speakers are awful. Things like that are some things you can think through. I actually wrote a blog on how to prepare for any sort of specific performance uh, in terms of what items you bring and what you prepare. You can find that on TacomaBellyDance.com. That's my, that's my plug. Congrats. I did it. So yeah, those are the two biggest things was preparing expectations with the contract or verbal contract, emphasis on the written contract, and second, being prepared for whatever situation uh, might be happening. The final thing I would have really liked to know before I started doing my first set of gigs was how to handle people. A lot of times with these private parties, most of them have never seen a belly dancer in their life, so they really don't know how to behave. And I, it never occurred to me that that would be a problem on my... <laughs> On my first, very first gig that I mentioned earlier, um, again, it was for a birthday party for a man, and everybody was awesome. The guest of honor was great. Uh, the person who hired me was lovely. There was a bunch of kids and teenagers there. It was a really good time, except uh, for the guest of honor's wife. <laughs> she was not very happy, and I actually had her accuse me of stealing she had put her purse in the same room that I happened to be changing in and she burst in without knocking and, and took her purse and claimed that I was trying to steal. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> so learning how to manage that and being prepared and understanding that weird things can happen at these gigs would have been nice to know ahead of time. So yes, congrats on your first gig. You should feel very, very proud and very nervous, but just set expectations as best you can. Be prepared and know that there's just some weird people out there that you're going to have to be able to manage and you will be just fine on your first gig. All right, now for our final question for today. It says, hey, Kat, what can I do to stop being so stagnant with my dance? I feel like I've been in the same place for a year now. Any thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. So stagnation is something that every dancer, performer, hobbyist deals with. Um, it's something that every person in any profession deals with, whether it's dance or not. So stagnation just means when you come to a halt. There's no growth. You feel like you're the same that you were yesterday. Um, and it's just like the Nine Inch Nails song, every day is exactly the same. <laughs> right? Um, there's a couple things you can do for stagnation that have helped me personally, and I really hope help you along your process. The first thing you can do is change up your routine. So let's say your dance routine is you go to the same classes by the same teacher, uh, you are in the same troupe, you're the, doing the same solo songs that you've always done. You perform in the same style that you've been performing in for quite some time. All right, let's take some of those aspects and start shaking them up. 
It doesn't mean that you quit any of those things. It just means that you add something new to refresh and revive what you're doing. So let's say you're a tribal fusion dancer and you've been taking for quite some time. You perform solos. Drop into a cabaret style belly dance class. Try, try a beginning class. What's the worst that can happen? You hate it? Great. At least you did something different. Let's even take that concept further. Why drop into another belly dance class? Go take another dance class. One of the best things that I've done for my dance education is I just started branching out. I've been taking belly dance for so long and I've been learning and, and doing all this stuff that I was really ready for something different. So I started to take hip hop dance classes. It is so <laughs> out of my wheelhouse. It is so hard and I've never felt like such a beginner. I take that back. I've it's been a long time since I've felt really like the novice in the group and I love it. Feeling uncomfortable is really a good point of growth. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, you're doing a really good job. So yeah, change up your patterns, right? Learn something different. Learn something outside of the box. It doesn't have to be belly dance. Just get yourself learning and make yourself a novice again. Because clearly what you're doing is keeping you where you are, but that's not what you want to be change, rotate, make things different. If you're lacking on passion, you feel no more passion or at least less passion for belly dance. And, and that's kind of where the stagnation is coming from. That's a harder one to tackle because that can have so many causes and reasoning, but it's really one of those moments that you want to take and evaluate the why. Where is this sense of boredom coming from? Is it coming from the people that you're around? Uh, is it coming from the fact that you're doing the same things? Is it coming from your teacher? Really take a moment to think about the why and, and move from there. And you know what? It's really okay. If you are hitting that point of stagnation, you've lost your passion for dance, it's okay to stop. <laughs> no one said, hey, you have to keep going. There is nobody who's telling you what to do. You're the decision maker. It's your body, right? It's okay to take a break or hell, even stop. We'll be here when you come back or if you don't come back at all, we'll still be here. It's quite all right. You need to do what's best for you and really truly what makes you happy. So stop and take a moment and find out the why of your stagnation or the why of your loss of passion and, and move on from there. You know, find something that, that re-sparks your joy. Maybe it's taking a break. Maybe it's just changing up your routine and move from there. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for the first Ask a Belly Dancer podcast. This has been a lot of fun. I quite enjoy the talking to nobody. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. I'm really excited to be back into podcasting and I can't wait to continue with this series. This series really continues for as long as you want me to continue it. So if you would like me to answer your questions, feel free to email us at askabellydancer at gmail.com. That's askabellydancer at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, you can do so through the Shut Up and Shimmy podcast or something different. We haven't quite decided. We're working on that. We'll see. It's a mystery. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.